fighting, hatred, fear. Had enough of the noise? For listening. Today, we're going to be talking with Mr. Steve Kirsch, who is the executive director for the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation and also uh, has headed up the COVID 19 Early Treatment Fund. He actually donated a million dollars of his own money to get this project started. That's when, you, that's when you know somebody has a lot of integrity. Folks, we have some great people doing a tremendous work behind the scenes, all along of what's going on, aren't getting any real serious recognition, of course, in the mainstream media, right? Why would you? But we are making a difference. How do we know? Every single ruling on the federal mandates has been in our favor, the favor of health freedom, the favor of choice, the favor of the Constitution that tells us we are right over target. And it's because of the work of Mr. Steve Kirsch and Dr. Peter McCullough and the COVID research team and Kevin Jenkins and Dr. David Martin and all of these wonderful people who have just said, I'm going to devote myself to doing what's right. We have such an incredible, you know, I don't want to say debt, but a tremendous opportunity to display our gratitude for these people. So I'm really excited about this interview because we're going to be talking about the safety signals when it comes to these experimental inoculations and why, and because of the data, we should be number one, concerned about their safety, but number two, calling for a complete halt to the program that in all likelihood is on this verge of creating quote unquote vaccine resistant variants, right? That's, this is the concern, just like we saw with antibiotics. You know, you can create superbugs that are resistant to every antibiotic. When you keep hitting something over and over and over again with something that doesn't work, there's this misguided notion that our goal is zero COVID, this misguided notion that we are going to eradicate this man-made lab-born, you know, uh, a virus. It's just, it's, it's a fool's errand in my approach, the, in, in my opinion. I think what we're better served doing is really exploring what the science says and making decisions that make sense, right? Decisions like Sweden made a long time ago where they said, you know what? We know who our high-risk population is. We're going to do everything we can to protect them. Everyone who's not in the high risk, we're going to let you live your lives. And here's some things to be aware of. Here's some things you can do. And, you know, we're here for you. I mean, folks, it still blows me away that to this day, we aren't with bullhorns shouting from the rooftops, 50 nanograms of vitamin D per milliliter in your bloodstream. That's the magic number. 
50 nanograms per milliliter of vitamin D in your bloodstream is the magic number. You augment that with additional nutrients, you're doing fantastic. There's so little to worry about, right? But that doesn't sell newspapers and that doesn't keep eyes on news programs, right? Telling you the truth anymore. We have to sensationalize and overreact to everything. And we have to be told what to think because we are little children and our parents, AKA the government, of course, wants what's best for us. And they can't trust us to make those decisions for ourselves, right? Please. Um, I was especially this week concerned by a quote that I'm going to read from Anthony Fauci here. And this uh, comes in contact. Let's see, where was he? Uh, I'm not sure if this was on Capitol Hill or if he was just in an interview, but uh, this is his quote. So it's easy to criticize, but they're really criticizing science because I represent science, Anthony Fauci said. Continuing with the quote, that's dangerous to me. To me, that's more dangerous than the slings and the arrows that get thrown at me. I'm not going to be around here forever, thank God, but science is going to be here forever. And if you damage science, you are doing something very detrimental to society long after I leave, and that's what I worry about. Really? Really, Anthony Fauci, you are science? Really, Anthony Fauci, you are going to keep the entire world organized on what science is and how science can't be attacked. And you're going to associate yourself with the pinnacle of scientific expression so that if someone attacks you, they're in fact attacking science. Let's, let's talk for a second, folks. What is science? Science is simply curiosity. Science is simply asking questions. Science is simply asking questions to seek objective answers. What Anthony Fauci's talking about is the corporate captured, pharmaceutically influenced science that we are in the shackles of these days where you can't discuss and you can't go back and forth over findings where it's just, this is what the science says. The science is settled. Here's a key point, folks. The science is never settled because exploration never stops. And what is science but curiosity, asking questions, seeking an objective answer, and then asking someone to confirm what you found? And that's that last part that's so important about science. Independent verification, right? Well, what are we seeing throughout the science on natural immunity? Independent ver verification all around the world that it is robust, that it is flexible, that it makes sure and it works exactly as we have hoped and is acts exactly as we have learned for all other infectious disease processes. Isn't that great news? Shouldn't it be great news? Shouldn't that be bullhorn on the rooftop type news? I think it is. That's great news. It's so reassuring. But you leave it to Anthony Fauci, who quote unquote is the science on everything. And it's very curious. When asked about natural immunity, he couldn't answer it. 
because that's not something the CDC or the NIAID or the HHS or any of these other alphabet soup of government agencies is tracking. We didn't want to know about that. You know what else blows me away? How many autopsies have been performed post-inoculation in post-inoculation deaths where they think there might be a causal link? Not many, certainly not many in this country. Why would you look that direction? Why would you want to investigate, find out if the cause of death was the bioaccumulation of spike protein and the injurious nature of spike protein along the way? Why would you want to know that? Well, Folks, we have a really great show for you today. A lot of good stuff with Mr. Steve Kirsch. I'm really excited to get this to you. Let's go ahead and take a short break. And when we come back, we'll come back with uh, Mr. Steve Kirsch. And we'll be talking about not only who he is and what he's doing, which is significant, but especially about some of the safety signals with this. And what I like about this interview coming up, folks, is he's been inoculated. He is a Democrat, or at least has advised Democrats. This is as objective of a human being as you're going to get. And what he's saying is his jaw is dropping at the number of safety signals that we are failing to listen to that are telling us one inescapable truth. This experimental inoculation has failed. And it's time for us to look to early treatment and immune priming, natural medicine, and existing medicines like ivermectin and fluvoxamine and you know hydroxychloroquine the, you know the usual suspects but it's time for us to make sure that we handle this the right way if you're sick stay home if you are sick make sure that your vitamin d levels are at 50 nanograms per milliliter well heck make sure those are at 50 nanograms per milliliter before you even get sick but whatever you do, don't panic because solutions exist and have existed for a long time. They've just been willfully suppressed. Hmm. That's something we got to do something about. We'll start doing that something about it right after these messages. Healthy Cell makes a wonderful line of products, and I want to spend just a minute with you on REM sleep. Do you know Healthy Cell's product has calming herbs, amino acids, minerals, and sleep hormone support for the four-stage human sleep cycle? Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and achieve REM, or rapid eye movement sleep. Through the phases, fall asleep easily. That component of sleep is favorably impacted by melatonin, lemon balm extract, and GABA, lowering the body temperature. That element is influenced by glycine, magnesium, and calcium. Deep lasting sleep, L-theanine, vitamin D3, and vitamin B6. And finally, creativity boosting REM sleep, 5-HTP, vitamin B6, and GABA. Many of us think we need to sleep because we're short on sleep, but we need quality sleep. So please consider Healthy Cell REM sleep supplement. I have one tonight and I'm gonna have a much better night's sleep if I uh, compare to if not taking it. So go to uh, healthycell.com and in the promo box, uh, type in out loud and that'll give you a 20% uh, discount off your first 
purchase. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. All right. Welcome back, everyone. I am so privileged to be here with Mr. Steve Kirsch, who has been doing just a tremendous job, in my opinion, when it comes to early treatment and, and really raising the awareness of the efficacy and safety of early treatment. We're just really privileged to have him here with us today. Uh, Mr. Kirsch, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. We've had a, we have a bunch of, you know, calls for people, one of which has been the, the grand jury petition that we've been really honored to get over 100,000 Americans um, in agreement on. And we're looking for a push now in early 22 to get over a million Americans to sign that petition. But you have some awesome takeaway messages as well um, through your work. Um, can you give uh, the audience a synopsis of, of, of your thoughts in all the, after all the research uh, that you've performed? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I st- I started on this, uh, vac- uh, you know, I looked at the early treatment stuff and, uh, and then I started getting interested in vaccine safety um, back in early uh, May of 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, of, sorry, of May of 2021. It seems a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wrote a, uh, it was like 285 page article for trial site news saying, should you get vaccinated? And there I laid out uh, what I had uh, found uh, over the last three weeks. And of course, um, that was the, that was the very beginning in May it's, it's December now. And so I know a lot more, but the the quick takeaways are avoid these vaccines like the plague. Mm -hmm. They're going to, they're more likely to kill or disable you than they ever are to save you from dying from COVID. And in fact, um, there is some data that shows that these vaccines may do absolutely nothing and that there's just statistical trickery going on. But, you know, I don't even have to go there. Um, all it, it, The evidence is very clear. And for kids, it's even more tragic that well, we're going to kill about 117 kids age 5 to 11 for every child we save from a COVID death. So people should be focused on all-cause mortality uh, rather than how many lives we save from COVID. Essentially, the cure is worse than the disease. So the the quick message is avoid the vaccines like the plague. The second thing is masks don't work. Mm -hmm. These cloth masks and these surgical masks do absolutely nothing other than to make it really hard for you to breathe and to communicate and you know, they're just completely useless. And as a society to mandate that we have these masks on planes and public transportation and at work and school and in private clubs, I mean, it is unbelievable, but it's a, it's a symptom of the, Oh, we just do what the CDC says. And Mm -hmm. no matter what they say, you know, they say, put on masks. We say, yes, sir. And people aren't looking at these studies closely because there are only two randomized controlled trials that were done for mass against COVID. And they both show that mass did nothing. Yep. Yeah. So mass don't work. Uh, the mandates of course are unethical. It is unethical to require you to take something which is more likely to kill you than to save you. Right. Um, you know, and the other, the other thing is, look, if the vaccines worked, then we don't need a mandate. Yes. And, 
if the vaccines don't work, then we don't need a mandate. <laughs> I feel like an episode of The Office where Jim Halpert is on the white erase board, <laughs> you know, with the if then statements. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I did the, the little flow chart diagram, you know, the, we'll call it a little decision analysis. And it was pretty clear that no matter which way you go, <laughs> whatever your assumption is about the vaccine, they mm -hmm. work or they don't work. Um, the, the answer is the same. You don't need a mandate. There's so much of this that doesn't make sense. You actually published something um, after Twitter um, took you off, right? And, and canceled you. That really blew me away because we had talked last summer about prions and we had talked last summer about uh, Critzfield uh, Jacob disease and the potential of it, right? There was some early alarms last year about it. And you're like, okay, I'm going to keep an eye on this. And then you, and you were uh, referring to Dr. Stephanie Seneff and uh, Dr. Jessica Rose yeah. as well. Can you tell our audience uh, before we go to break about this, about your exploits with uh, or your experience with Twitter and what you published and how Twitter just failed to even huh. do any kind of due diligence? On yeah. That? So how, how much time do we have left? Uh, we have maybe about five minutes or so. Five minutes, okay. Break. Yeah, okay. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So, uh, so what happened is that Jessica Rose, who I work with, she Jessica's a, the, um, one of our Vera's specialists. Uh, she's got a, a PhD. She lives in Israel, and she uh, wrote a um, an article on Substack. And I actually, I'm, I'm the guilty person because I was the one that said to, to Jessica, "Hey, you know, you should start up a Substack." Uh, just like I did, because I think I might might get kicked off of Twitter. So I wanted to have a <laughs> alternate platform sort of revved up and ready to go. Mm -hmm. And so she wrote this article about um, uh, uh, prion diseases. And so I picked it up on my Substack, and I you know referred to her article. I said people should go read it, but basically, look, these things are bad news. And Jessica only looked at the domestic deaths. I did the various query, and I looked at the overall deaths, the foreign deaths. Uh, the foreign and domestic. And boy, that total is a lot higher mm -hmm. than the domestic numbers. And, you know, it for other vaccines, it's like one, one event in 30 years mm -hmm. for the other vaccines. This vaccine, eh, it's like, you know, 30, 30 events um, so far this year. And so there's no question that there's something going on here with these vaccines. It's it's undeniable. This stuff does, just doesn't happen by chance. And so I write saying, hey, you know, it looks like um, these prion diseases and, and uh, uh, Crutchfield's uh, Yakov disease is uh, one of the things that you look at, but Alzheimer's too. Uh, if you look at the rate of Alzheimer's, it's, it's uh, highly elevated. And, you know, so I wrote that up in my article mm -hmm. and... Um, and then, you know, tweeted a reference to my article and Twitter said, this is misleading and uh, suspended my account. And I appealed. I asked them, oh, gee, maybe I got it wrong. Um, you guys are the experts, clearly. <laughs> I, you know, it'd be nice if you could actually have them, you know, sort of peer review your stuff because they peer review the tweets after you tweet. So it'd be actually useful to have it peer reviewed before um, I post because, look, I don't want to be spreading misinformation. Um, so I, I, I said, look, you know, I, I'm not sure how I got it wrong here. You know, here are the scientific references. And I, I listed Stephanie's paper, um, was one of the Stephanie Seneff had a, had a paper on prion diseases and, um, uh, and the COVID vaccines. And, um, 
uh, you know, and they came back and they said, um, hey, uh, uh, you, you've been canceled because you've had too many um, uh, cases of misinformation and uh, you're permanently banned and there is no, and, and we're not going to talk to you again. Uh, so I'm in Twitter heaven. I joined Alex Berenson. I joined Peter McCullough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're having a great time in Twitter heaven because there is no censorship in Twitter heaven. Amen. Amen. So let me, let me ask, a, ask a question of you then. And, and just to, before we go to the break. So in your opinion, you've, you've done goo gobs of research on this and a lot of different facets. Uh, in your opinion, are the CDC and FDA telling us the truth about what's really going on? Oh, no way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Look, I have, um, I was interviewing um, uh, someone and, uh, I, and I said, hey, did you get vaccinated? And he said, no, no, I didn't get vaccinated. I said, how did you know? I mean, like I was what, like, what did I do wrong? How did you know? And, and I couldn't figure this out. He says, well, I have some friends who work inside the CDC and they called me up in January and told me, do not take this vaccine. Wow. So look, um, and he also said, these guys on like on the mass, he said, they're, they're, they have muzzle order. They're, they're like under, like if you say the mass um, uh, don't work, you'll be fired. Mm-hmm. And then we'll discredit you and say, ha, you know, this guy was, yeah, it won't go anywhere. Right. So don't do it. We get fired and, and, and then we'll discredit you. So, and, and then I've phone called and emailed John Sue, who's the guy who's in charge of VAERS. And I said, Hey, John, you know, there's this underreporting factor at VAERS and we calculated it out at 41. And uh, that means it's 41 times worse than you've been saying. So these myocarditis rates are actually way higher from the vaccine than from COVID, but you haven't been disclosing this. How come? And you hear nothing. You hear nothing from anyone at the CDC. There is no way that anyone at the CDC is going to give me even the time of day. So I can't, you know, so if the fact checker calls, hey, we'd love to talk to you to discredit Mr. Kirsch. Right. But if Mr. Kirsch calls and says, hey, how about a recorded discussion? And we can just talk about what the science says. No way, Mr. Kirsch. We'll talk to the fact checkers all day long, but we don't want to talk to you because you ask hard questions yeah, but you ask that are very embarrassing for us. Yeah, 41 time underreporting is pretty embarrassing. Uh, it's, it means that the 8,000 plus deaths in VAERS, for, that's mm-hmm. domestic deaths, there are 19,000 worldwide deaths, 8,000 domestic deaths turn into yeah, 320,000 dead Americans killed by the U.S. government. And See, nobody seems to want to talk about that. Let's go to break real quick. When we come back. I, I've been exploring Varus every week as well. And I, I have some questions about some of what you just brought up um, about the uh, the territories and the, you know, and all points listed because there's something very concerning for me with the the ability to access the data and analyze the data in Veras. And I'm going to share some things with you and get your take on it. Yeah. Uh, let's go to break. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll, we'll come right back after these messages with, again, with Mr. Steve Kirsch and uh, a really, I think, an exciting conversation about um, safety 
uh, vaccines, the data surrounding the safety of the vaccines, and things that every American should know before they endeavor into any experimental inoculation. We'll be right back after these messages. AmericaOutloud.com. Simply put, we're patriots who believe in Ronald Reagan's vision of a shining city on a hill. From sea to shining sea, you can listen in on iHeartRadio. Our free apps are on Apple, Android, or Alexa, or our world-class media player. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Now, never before in our history have we witnessed the level of hatred that is now being waged against our law enforcement. While anarchist groups create havoc and overwhelm our first responders, these same groups and their corporate supporters are calling for the police forces to be shrunk and defunded. What can you and I do to make a difference? How can we stand up for what is right and to show our support? That's what I'm going to tell you about this incredible new platform. It's called ShopToTheRight.com. It's a new shopping platform that will help you find businesses that align with your values. They feature products made in America. They support veteran-owned businesses as well as our law enforcement community. This is a time when we need to stick together. We need to shop together and we need to support each other. It's time for you and I to make some noise and stand up to protect our country. And one easy way to do that is to shop and give our money to companies that don't seek to destroy our way of life. So join the fight for liberty. ShopToTheRight.com. Support those American businesses that support law enforcement and veterans. All right. Welcome back, everyone. We are here with Mr. Steve Kirsch. I am really excited to get into this next segment because we want to talk about the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, some of his research, what he's found, what he's heard. Because one of the things I'm, I'm gathering from you, Steve, is that you normally have access to people at high levels. Like You can interact with them, send them emails, and they'll get back to you. But if they don't like what you're asking, then they're kind of ghosting you right now is that is that what's been happening yeah i mean that that that's pretty much it you know most people in the government don't want to talk to me uh people in congress um uh, they used to talk to me um quite a lot i'm mm -hmm. i was i've given over 20 million dollars to democratic candidates so i get a call all the time um you know built up a relationship with lots of people but when i um want to talk to them about how many people the vaccines are have killed mm -hmm. oh, hang up and they never talk to me again wow yeah that's eerily similar to what's been what happened in the buildup in nazi germany you know with if you're not on message if you're not in there that that you're going to just get ghosted you're going to get ignored you're going to get or worse you know and we did a little piece on joseph goebbels and i, I really think he'd be very proud of the terminology safe and effective i think he's wherever he is, 
uh, right now in the afterlife. And, and he's very proud because safe and effective to me sounds exactly like something Joseph Goebbels, was, who was the key uh, chief uh, propagandist for the Nazi party uh, in there. And I just, I see some eerie similarities, but before, let's not go down that road. Let's go down a road of, of empirical evidence and what we can substantiate, right? So, um, you know, my team did some analysis in August on, on uh, cost benefit analysis or benefit risk analysis, you know, basic using CDC data. We took data from COVID tractor on infections. We took the data uh, from uh, COVID tracker and Barris on uh, injury post inoculation uh, injury. And what we found was that using the data published by the CDC, and if we took it just at face value, no adjustments for underreporting for injuries or overreporting for, um, for cases, if we just took it on face value as fact, that if you were under 50 years of age, there was no gain of benefit versus risk. The risk exceeded the gain of benefit. And especially in kids under 18, it exceeded the risk exceeded the benefit by almost 16 times. Now, what you're telling me with Vera's data being under- Sorry, you said 1616. One six, yeah. Just using CDC, if you took CDC data and you and you said this is yeah. accurate and face value, which we know it's not. Yep. If you did that, even using their own published data, that there was a sixteen times greater risk of injury under eighteen than there was gain of benefit. Right? right. Now you've done some analysis on this as well. What have what have you found, and the people you've been working with found on this issue? Well, Peter McCullough uh, asked me to to stratify it and do an, a calculation of the uh, mortality um, risk. And so we looked just at mortality because mortality is kind of, I mean, that's kind of a symptom you don't recover from, right? When you die. Right. Kind of, most, uh, most of the time. Most of, yeah, you know, you know, maybe Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But, um, other than that, most people, they don't recover from death. And so we looked, we, we wanted to see, well, let's see how this thing does on um, death. And so we looked at it from age groups, you know, 20 to 30, 30 to 40, 40 to 50. And I went through VARES and I did the calculations. And I did the queries and I took the CDC data for the benefit. And I assume that, that the vaccines are hundred percent effective. Mm-hmm. And then I took the death data from, from VARES. And what I found was that, man, this thing just doesn't work for anybody, right? If you're an old person, it's going to kill at least two people mm-hmm. for, uh, for every person it saves. And if you're a young person, you know, goes up to um, calculated uh, like six times at 20, age 20 and, uh, and of course, there's an analysis by Dr. Toby Rogers showing, yeah, we're going to kill maybe 117 kids to save one mm-hmm. life from COVID. I mean, there are just very few kids that die from COVID and the vaccines are just really, really dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I was talking to, uh, um, back when I was in, uh, alive on, on Twitter, um, one of my followers uh, was a nurse for 14 years in the ER. She said, in 14 years working the ER, never seen an eight-year-old myocarditis. Never. Right. Right. And then all of a sudden she sees her first case. 
after they rolled out the vaccines for 5 to 11. Mm-hmm. What a coincidence. Mm-hmm. You know, so now that, that kid was lucky. He didn't die yet, but other kids um, have died. And right. they've, they've been tragic. And the CDC actually analyzed 14 kids who died post-vaccine. Mm-hmm. And they said, whoa, this, this kid died from this. This kid died from this. This kid died from this. And they never said, mm, actually, these are abnormal causes of death. Kids don't die from cardiac arrest. That's kind of not how it goes. That's it's not the way they roll. You know, kids, kids die because they get into accidents or, um, you know, other, uh, they die from cancer. Right. But the kids typically just don't die from cardiac arrest. And five out of the 14 kids died from cardiac arrest. Yeah, isn't that, that seems a little bit unusual to me. Were there any And two of them died from brain hemorrhage. You know how many cases of brain hemorrhage in that group there are in the last 30 years? How many? Zero. From all vaccines, all 70 vaccines over 30 years, there has never been a case in that age range where somebody died from intracranial hemorrhage. Wow. So do you think it's unusual that multiple kids have died from intracranial hemorrhage after getting the COVID vaccines? No, apparently not. Apparently that's okay. You know, and so they basically say, yeah, all these uh, causes, in fact, were consistent with how the adults were dying and the kids are dying of the same thing that the adults are dying. And this is not usual, but you know, they're the CDC. They look the other way. They basically said, Hey, here are the other causes of death from the kids who took the vaccine. Now let's talk about, um, you know, how the Dodgers did, you know, essentially right. they, they, they shifted the topic. They, they then started talking about, well, let's look at the V-safe data. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, it's blatant. They didn't want to, t- you know, and they said, oh, and, you know, six of them, we couldn't figure out how, why they died. Come on. Hello. Right. Right. Like, you know, unless you can explain how the, the, see, they should be looking at this saying, you know, the vaccine, let's, we should as- always assume that the vaccine caused these deaths. Right. You know, it should be guilty until proven innocent. This is the way it used to be at the FDA and the CDC. It used to be guilty until proven innocent. Mm-hmm. Now it's not. It's basically you're innocent. Period. Yeah, period. Period. There is a, so, period. So, end of story. Let's move so, on. You know, don't. There's. You know, it's like the uh, um, naked gun. You know, scene. Nothing to see here, folks. Move right. on. Right. Now, we just uh, I, I just read and I, I talked to Peter as well about this. Uh, I, I just read this uh, study out of I want to say it was Sweden. I might have the country wrong, but they didn't. They're, they're doing autopsies and the autopsies. The few that have been performed globally have been very intriguing because the autopsies, in my opinion, have confirmed that there's an abundance of of spike protein accumulated post inoculation in the decedent's bodies. You know, I mean, it's like, which is the cause of death? Well, there's spike protein and generated throughout the, all the tissue samples. So yeah, it's the spike protein that led to system failure, right? I mean, this isn't complex really when you get into it. Um, with, with those 14 children that the CDC evaluated, did they do autopsies? 
You you can tell by <laughs> Steve's reaction right there what the answer is. Right? Are, are you kidding me? Exactly. <laughs> We're in the United States. You, you like you try to get an autopsy on a, on a death after vaccination. Come on, right. that doesn't happen here. Um, in Germany, they 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 managed to uh, Dr. Peter Schermacher managed to get forty people who died after vaccination. He found all of them died within two weeks mm-hmm. after vaccination. And 30 to 40 percent by his autopsy were caused by the vaccine. Now that's a minimum. That's that's minimum. Now, but in the United States, we don't do autopsies because there's nothing to see. You know, all the 19,000 people who have died worldwide from these COVID um, vaccines, uh, sorry, who've been reported. Sorry, you know, got a, a reported in various 19,000 people reported in various. You know, those 19,000 people, uh, you know, multiply that by 41 and uh, and you get a pretty big number. You get a you get, you get a, a seriously big number. And that, you get a pretty big number. Yeah, it's 800, you know, we'll call them close to a million people that have died. Um, but um, kind of rounding to the nearest <laughs> large number. Um, but hey, the CDC says no, that, that, that these vaccines are perfectly safe. So there's no reason to do an autopsy after they've died to find out because it couldn't have been the vaccine because the, the, the CDC says they're safe and effective. And, you know, so, you know, you take the case of uh, uh, Ernest Ramirez and his 16 year old son is only right. his only kid. Um, his only son, he um, Ernest wanted his son to have the protection from the vaccine because he didn't want to lose his son from COVID. So he took him in and so he got the shot, got his first Pfizer shot, just one shot. Five days later, he drops dead in a park. And by the time the paramedics get there, he's, he's dead. Mm-hmm. He just dropped dead, cardiac arrest. He's gone. Peter McCullough looks at the, and, and he has to plead to get an autopsy report. Right. I mean, he really has to pull a lot of strings to get autopsy report. So it turns out that his son had an enlarged heart. Mm-hmm. But you see, he would have detected that earlier because he plays sports and he runs around a lot and he would have had heart issues if this were something that he'd experienced in the past. And so his, his heart size had doubled in five days, in just the five days after he got the Pfizer shot. And that led to his heart basically, you know, uh, giving out, basically stopped working Mm -hmm. because of the inflammation and the blood clots caused by the vaccines. So Peter McCullough, one of the finest cardiologists uh, in the world, he looked at the autopsy report and he said, yeah, this, this kid died from the vaccine misconduct to me and that's it, it that sounds we... kind of like that to me too yeah so uh thanks for being with us here today uh again everyone this is mr steve kirsch and um uh what i what i'd like you to do is we want to help you we want we want to get that final ask in right you have a lot of people listening who are like i agree with you how can we support you and the work you're doing the simplest thing to do 
is go to stevekirsch.substack.com, follow me, tell your friends to follow me. And uh, that way I can keep you informed of what's going on. And so you will not be in the dark anymore and will have your eyes opened to what the truth is. And secondly, if you want to, you can subscribe for free, uh, but if you want to make a $5 a month contribution, I donate all of that to funding uh, the people that are, are working on this. And, you know, we have events, advertising and so forth that we do on alternate media. Um, and so it, it helps to, and, you know, some of the people that, that we use basically have to make a living and they're doing this full time. So they need to be paid. So um, it's important that we have the, uh, the money to be able to, to fund that. And I can tell you that I don't know of a single, I'm trying to think of a single, um, well, sorry, there is, there is, I know of one other person who's been very generously uh, donating uh, to this, but it's, you know, that's one other person. And uh, there's no, I don't know of a single billionaire, you know, who's, who's helping us out. They're all spending their billions uh, on the other side. They're Mm -hmm. all funding the fact checkers. They're all funding the other side of this. And, you know, like look at Jack Dorsey, right? You know, he's a billionaire. What's he doing? He's doing, he's basically on, on the war path to stomp out truth. Mm-hmm. Of course, no, he's uh, no longer with Twitter anymore. He's, he's still on the board, but you know, this is the, um, it's unfortunate that the, the people with the most money are, you know, completely brainwashed into thinking that these vaccines should be forced on our kids and, and so forth. It's really, really tragic. And, and, and you can't even meet with them. You know, I, I tried meeting with the president of, of YouTube. Nope. She won't meet with you, Steve. So, you know, she follows whatever the WHO and, and NIH say they're the authorities and you're just some dumb shit engineer, you know, <laughs> in Silicon Valley. Right. <laughs> like, what do you know compared to the NIH and compared to the WHO? And so, it doesn't matter what you say about the data. It doesn't matter what the data says. The only thing that matters is what the NIH say, because the people in those positions basically don't have the skill set to actually understand the underlying data. And so when I say that the emperor has no clothes, they say, oh, well, you and you know the 30 other people that you work with, you're, you're just, uh, you're wrong. You're just um, misguided and wrong. But, but they never interestingly tell you where you are misguided, where no. you're being misleaded, or where you're wrong. Don't you yes. find that fascinating? Yes. And they never come up with, Steve, you're wrong. It's not 150,000. It's 142,000. Right. I, you know, so tell me, look, if I'm wrong, tell me what the right number is. You know, please, why, why are you like just saying you're wrong? I'm not, and I'm not going to tell you where you're wrong, right? Because that's what the FDA does. He says, well, we don't agree with Mr. Kirsch's analysis. Okay. But, you know, that's a hand-waving argument. Like, tell me where I got it wrong. I did everything by the book. I used, I used your methodology. I used your numbers. I used everything that I should have used. Where did I get it wrong? Well, <laughs> exactly. We don't we agree don't, with it. <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't know what we are. We, we, are, we don't know what we tell the public we know. We don't know it well enough to tell you where you're wrong. Essentially, we cannot argue with you 
because you're right. So we are not going to get into an argument with you and give yeah. you a form where we could have an honest, open, public discourse. Correct. Instead, we're just going to defame you and say that you're wrong. And when we can't really say you're wrong anymore because you've been right about so many things, we are going to cancel you. Is that correct? Is that we'll deplatform you. We'll on? censor yeah. you and deplatform you, and we'll make sure that your Wikipedia entry says that you're a spreader of misinformation, right. so that nobody will trust anything that you say. And we will yes. do that to all of your friends too. Yes. And you know, so all of these people, including Peter Doshi, mm-hmm. uh, associate editor of the British Medical Journal, mm-hmm. who made a five-minute presentation at an event put on by Senator Ron Johnson, bless his heart, censored from YouTube. Yep. Yep. And Senator Ron Johnson as well. It's amazing to me. Yeah, the whole thing, the whole thing, all of these testimonies of of injured people injured from the vaccine are removed from view. So that nobody so nobody will see. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, I, I really appreciate, um, and, and I'm going to say this on behalf of the audience, I really appreciate the work that you're doing. Um, Thank you. you there's, there are a lot of people who have woken up, I think, in the last 12 months. You know, I think uh, after you, everybody got over the initial shock and fear and, and drinking of the Kool-Aid, that we've had a significant awakening. Uh, you know, across our country and really around the world, seeing that this really isn't about public health and it's not about um, a vaccine or, or or gene therapy, whatever you want to consider it, that this is about, uh, this is a hostile takeover and by all intents, you know, and, um, and what we can do about in that. In plain sight, yeah. It's, it's in plain sight, but what we can do about that is tap into the power that we all Ready possess. And that power starts with being informed. So I really appreciate what you're doing to bring people together from a variety of backgrounds with high repute and say, what do we got? Let's, here's the question. What's the answer? And then get to that answer and have the integrity to share that answer with people. And I think that's the thing that's missing most in science right now is integrity. So I really appreciate uh, the work that you're doing. And we want to make sure to be big supporters of your work. So thanks for spending some time here with us today on Energetic Health Radio. And uh, hopefully we can bring you back uh, with uh, talking about some of the victories that we're getting. Because one of the things that's been interesting, Steve, has been reading some of the judicial opinions from some of the uh, circuit courts. They're getting it right. Not in every single case there, you know, in terms of the full opinion, but the arguments that the judges are making back to the Biden administration on these mandates has been spectacular, in my opinion, from Kurt Engelhardt. The judges have been a a welcome relief. Yeah, we we needed some wins and we got some, it looks like. So everyone, this is uh, Mr. Steve Kirch. Make sure to support uh, his work on Substack, his work on uh, at the Vaccine Safety uh, Research Foundation and his work with COVID-19 early treatment uh, fun and make sure if you can donate five dollars, it's five dollars going to the good guys and going to help uh, make sure that freedom is forever and that freedom is for all. Thank you so much, Thank uh, you. Mr. Kirsch. We'll be right back after these messages. Each of us is born with thirty trillion cells that make us. These cells determine how we feel perform, sleep, focus, and how long we live. And to live our best life, 
all we have to do is feed our cells. But most food and supplements don't reach our cells, keeping us from reaching our full potential. Make every cell count with Healthy Cell. Founded with a mission to empower people to take control of their own health at the most fundamental level, Dr. Vincent Jampapa, world-renowned cell researcher and medical doctor, created supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. And that's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L. And use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. All right, folks. Well, you heard it here. Um, Mr. Steve Kirsch started asking questions. He trusted the government. He got both doses of the experimental inoculations, but something didn't feel right. So he did what science is supposed to do. He started asking questions and he started digging for those answers and enlisting the assistance of really prominent people, people with high levels of expertise who are all finding the same things from different angles, that there's something very, very wrong with what's going on. We know from the research that we've done over the last oh, couple of weeks at the very least, we know that there have been at least 1.4 million breakthrough cases even under the insanely stringent rules that prevent false positives for the vaccinated. We know that we are on track to in the next two weeks or so, maybe three weeks, officially have the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System demonstrate over a million Americans have been injured. This is all verifiable. And we know that Varus is dramatically underreported. Mr. Kirsch was saying to the tune of 41% or 41, excuse me, 41 times so that you could take any number in there and multiply it by 41. We know that whistleblowers from Tom Renz have said that it's at least a factor of five that you can multiply by, but that definitively the data on safety published by the CDC through the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System is grossly significantly underreported. Hmm. So let me get this straight. If there have been over 1.4 million failures to protect Americans, can we really call these effective? And we know that that number is very low too, by the way, because only 31 out of 51 state health departments were even publishing any data on it. We know that at least a million Americans have been injured and over 19,000 Americans have died post-inoculation and over 5,800 Americans have died within 48 hours post-inoculation, post-experimental inoculation. We've never had numbers like that, folks, before. I've said this several times on several interviews. If, uh, you know, Lucky Charms had a track record of like that, a, a track record where 5,800 people died within 48 hours of eating that deliciously, that magically delicious cereal. 
that magically delicious GMO cereal. What would happen to Lucky Charms? It would be pulled off of every single shelf throughout the world. We wouldn't stand for that. We wouldn't stand for any product that's supposed to be about health, or at least marketed as healthy, as safe and effective. We wouldn't stand for that. So how are these products getting a pass, especially when the manufacturers are completely exempt from civil liability unless you can prove willful misconduct, which is what we are attempting to prove. That's the whole subject of our grand jury investigation. And that's why we want you to, to go to covidcon21.com, check out the work that we put together on the grand jury investigation and join the more than 100,000 Americans who've signed the petition to make sure that a grand jury independently investigates every alleged act of willful misconduct that we've been able to unearth. And it only takes you 15 seconds to join that call, to join that call for integrity and transparency so that we can restore something that's essential to a healthy society, trust. I love what Mr. Kirsch is doing with the uh, Vaccine Safety Research Foundation. And I love how he got there. He got there by trusting and then realizing that he was lied to, but he wanted to know exactly the extent of the lies. And so he put people together and said, let's ask some questions, do some research, do some scientific inquiry. And let's not come from this place of incredible ego that we know it all. Let's actually come from this just the opposite. Let's assume we know nothing. Where do we get to? Well, where we get to are unfortunate stories, stories like Ernesto Ramirez and Simone Scott, uh, stories like Maddie that he uh, brought up, that Mr. Kirsch brought up. See, I think one of the things that we have to really get into everyone, the data, if the data was enough to move the needle, it would have already moved the needle, right? The data is significant and deeply disturbing, but that hasn't been enough to move the needle. So what does move the needle and has always moved the needle for us? The stories. And that's why you see the censorship on Twitter, the censorship on Facebook, the censorship all on YouTube where they've even taken down uh, Senator Johnson's uh, Capitol Hill testimony given by people who've been injured post-inoculation or by the experimental inoculations. I think it's the reason why we're not doing any autopsies post, um, post-mortem on people uh, who've died within 48 hours of the inoculation because we don't want to know. Why? Because we already do know. We know that these are causing death, that these are causing injury, and that they are dangerous and not nearly as effective as we were misled to believe in December of 2020. We have a lot of work to do, folks, but the good news is that every day we're winning. Every day there are more and more court victories, and sure, we have a lot of distance still to go, but it should be encouraging that you're not alone. It should be encouraging that you're not crazy. What you're seeing is what we're all seeing, that we've been lied to. 
and we have been lied to so that a select few can profit greatly from the lie. Well, if you read my article last week on uh, Joseph Goebbels, you'll know that even he came to a very clear reality at the very end. No matter how big the lie, the truth always wins out. So let's stay on the side of love, logic, and light. Stay on the side of the truth. Keep shouting it from rooftops until we are heard and make sure that we can put to bed the worst, most horrific human experiment in the history of mankind. Next week, folks, we'll have, hopefully, uh, Dr. Russell Mars. Uh, I'm still working on getting Dr. Paul Alexander on. We keep, we keep playing tag. Uh, very busy dude, really good dude too, by the way. Super, super kind man. Um, he said something in an interview I really resonated with. He said, uh, if you want me to trust you, speaking to the vaccine manufacturers and the government, said, then remove the liability protections. Allow me to sue you if I'm injured, right? Doesn't that make sense? Isn't that simple right there? If you really want us to trust you and trust that these products are safe and effective, then let us sue you when they injure and when they kill, right? Because that would put it all to bed right there as well. So we'll get him on uh, very soon too. Uh, and um, last and not least, I just want to say thank you for your continued endurance. Thank you for your continued support. And thank you so much for being part of the solution. You know, this is what it's all about. Us coming together to do what's right. I'm Dr. Henry Ely for the Energetic Health Institute and Energetic Health Radio. We'll see you again next week. And until that time, may God shine his divine light down upon you, everyone that you love, and surround you in the protection of his warm embrace. Peace be with you.